Hello, all you Lasso fans, and welcome back to Peanut Butter and Biscuits, your Ted Lasso fan cast from NPR Illinois Community Voices. And I am your host today, Craig McFarland. I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Mr. Jeremy Geckner. How are you, sir? I am good. I am recovering from covering all of the Comic-Con news last weekend. Uh, Kevin Feige and crew kept me busy, um, but uh, we are doing all right and uh, happy to be talking Lasso again. Some for your consideration media events going on with the Lasso crew too. A lot of them went in LA last week, so maybe that'll come up in this episode a bit. But today we actually wanted to do just something fun. You know, we are all desperately waiting for season three news. And so I thought maybe we could just like open it up to our audience and see if there were questions that they might have. And so this is going to be kind of an ask us anything style of episode. And in order to do that, I thought it'd be fun to have a moderator come on along with us. So I'm so excited to announce coming back onto the show from Lasso Cast, Kenny Madison. How are you doing today, sir? Uh, I am doing fabulously, gentlemen. It is such a pleasure to be here functioning as the gym layer to this moderating <laughs> podcast. <laughs> That's so great. How is Lasso Cast going? I know you guys are in your off season a bit. You're you're actually smart. You're taking a break, which makes a whole lot of sense, right? Yeah, we we weren't that smart. <laughs> intelligence is what you make of it. Uh, one one person's intelligence is another person's also intelligence. It's good. I'm not gonna lie. I like breaking. It's good. Uh, it lets me be able to do fun stuff like this. Take more naps. Watch more DVDs. You know the the litany of things that are now available to me while you suckers are just churning out content <laughs> i will say i think at some point here and perhaps maybe even after this episode we might take just the teeniest of breaks as we prepare <laughs> for the fall and getting the, all things ready uh, hopefully for season three but we'll let you know for sure on all of our social media and our facebook page and also on our twitter feed as well but Kenny, thank you so much for agreeing to moderate this. And I think we ought to just kind of jump right in. What we did was we asked for responses through email. We asked on our Facebook page. We also threw it out there on Twitter. And we had gotten some responses back for the types of questions that you wanted to ask Jeremy and I. And then some of them are Ted Lasso related. Some of them aren't. And I know, Kenny, I also gave you free reign to decide what's being asked. And then also like if you had any questions of your own. So I'm excited to see and maybe slightly terrified to see where this is going to go over the next uh, few minutes here. As well, you should be. That is kind of the experience that anyone has with me, which is just kind of a shock and awe feeling that is associated anytime anyone is in the room. So I guess I'm going to turn it over to you now, whatever you take it from here, buddy, whatever you want to do, uh, it, have at it. Absolutely. Uh, here we go. Question number one. Uh, and the way that you guys pitch this to me is that question number one is, of course, the best question. Uh, <laughs> question number one from Madhu. I want to hear Jeremy and your quotes, superhero origin story. Unquote. Oh, man. Turning it on us. Our, our standard first question. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they want uh, the personal or the network or the show or whatever um but I why mean, yeah. why not both why why not all um yeah yeah uh so i mean like look me personally um i grew up moving around a lot uh i lived in about eight different states um in my life uh finally settled around uh south central illinois um around mount vernon went to school in lincoln and uh then got a job acting over here in springfield and uh then uh Away we go. Uh, met up with a bunch of crazy people that I love talking movies with and uh, decided to start a podcast. And man, it's morphed uh, over the last, uh, God, how, how long has it been, Craig? Six, seven, seven years. Seven I, years. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it just keeps continuing to grow. Um, but uh, ultimately, I think, you know, for the network, you could call it's Kevin Smith's fault. And I think Craig could probably tell you a little bit more about that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I uh, real quickly, I did not have as exciting of a life. I've lived in Illinois my entire life. I am actually from northern Illinois and not Chicago, which is always where people go immediately. I'm on the exact opposite side of the state. If you look at a map, there's a little bump in Illinois. <laughs> and I live I lived uh, on that bump in, in Moline in the Quad Cities. So right on the Mississippi. And then in college, I ended up moving down to uh, Springfield and got to know Jeremy through theater and to be able to to do all that and then podcasting kind of came about because 
you know, we both had a love for film and we were both getting together and just chatting films. And then we had talked about the idea of a podcast, but we actually went to an evening with Kevin Smith. And at that evening with Kevin Smith, we sat kind of serendipitously sat right next to the microphone. Right next Kevin to it. Smith <laughs> at these types of Q and A's will ask, he'll answer like four questions over three hours. He yeah. loves talking, <laughs> loves sharing stories. And one of the questions that was asked was Jeremy said, any advice for someone that wants to get into podcasting? We kind of have a concept, we have an idea. And he sort of just said very bluntly in his Kevin Smith way, like, if you want to do a podcast, just go do a podcast. It was very succinct. And it was like, no, you need to just go out there and do it. And so it kind of provided the last push that we needed to be able to start the front row movie reviews. And so that had morphed into the front row network. And I think within a month, we did our Age of Ultron review, which is a mm -hmm. little cringeworthy now going back and listening <laughs> to it. But it was also fun because like, those were back in the days where like, we didn't have much in the way of microphones and all this stuff, like we just used our phones, and maybe a little like canister microphone. And we just sat around and we had some drinks and we talked uh, movies that we really enjoyed. And so I wouldn't trade that in for the life of me, but it, that's kind of what started the network. And then, of course, from there, we decided to go to different shows. And then in 2019, we joined NPR Illinois. And that's really when things started to really take off for us, for sure. Uh, how many how many podcasts? Be, look, uh, full oh, discretion. No. I, I don't listen to the Front Row Network because I, I know that I would just be insanely jealous of you guys. How many, so, how many shows are you guys up to? Okay, so we have consistently, we have a show called Front Row Flashbacks, which does 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. We have uh, Classics, which takes on basically before that from the 30s to the 70s. We also have Guilty Pleasures, which are the movies that you know that you would love, uh, but everyone else says that they're Movies awful. you know you shouldn't love. So let's just yep. put it that way. <laughs> exactly. And then I host a show called Beyond the Mouse. I've talked about that ad nauseum on this podcast because I really would love you to listen to my other show as well, <laughs> Beyond the Mouse. And then Jeremy No, I'm just has... going to be going, wow, I'm jealous. I, I can't believe how how just how much... You guys yeah. spread yourselves. It's wild. Yeah, we. Well, uh, the, my and wife and I have other uh, show that I'm involved in, um, and then we also have Convince Me with Larry Smith, who's a stand-up comedian. Oh gosh, what else? We talked to a lot of great people. Me and my wife have uh, an Are You Afraid of the Dark recap show. Are You Afraid of the podcast um, that we've been doing for a while? MCUHQ, our new Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, show that we just started um, not too long ago. Uh, we've got, of course, Peanut Butter and Biscuits. Uh, there's also, we just, like this week, uh, signed up a new podcast that's already been established. Uh, I think you're going to like this, which is with two amazing uh, ladies that uh, give each other suggestions of pop culture things to try that they've never tried before and live gauge their reactions. Uh, Super GG Radio, we have uh, those guys do video game reviews and they get early access to a a lot of games that aren't out yet and they do a lot of fundraising too up in the chicago area tons of stuff and we're about to and start then, brand new shows about uh after shows for house of the dragon for the rings of power um you know we're just we don't stop we don't know how to stop and of course uh original broadway cast we just signed up one where uh gus gordon uh interviews broadway actors about their careers um so we're we're we're, we're not stopping and we probably should <laughs> yeah i would say that like we i'm on two of these shows jeremy is frequently on like he co-hosts two of the shows but then we just have a great team around us and we we love to continue to foster that great team and go in a lot of different directions. Zonisodes, our Twilight Zone recap Twilight show. Twilight Zone back. recap show um, podcast. We just started a, a Babylon, Babylon 5 rewatch called Gray 17. Uh, so oh, you need to be on that show, Kenny, because we yeah, can hook Kenny. you up with that. We do, we, I've got we, some we, opinions yes. about Babylon 5. Uh, okay. Shocker, shocker. Right, uh, well, I'm so surprised that you have a Babylon five show before you have a star Wars show, but okay. Yeah. That, that <laughs> yeah well, definitely. Makes sense. Uh, I don't know. Just have a star Wars show. I think that's yeah. what you would do. Uh, but instead of talking star Wars and Babylon five, which believe me, I could talk about Babylon five, uh, at least for another hour. I suppose you probably want to hear from another listener. Uh, Bex, the great Bex asks, what video program do you use when you record your episodes and do you record separate tracks? And well, what's it like being part of a network? Well, I guess I, I'm the techie of the group. Uh, we do use Zoom for our video recordings. Um, I also am a uh, video content specialist, video creator in my day job. So, yeah, so uh, fancy. 
to lots of fancy little toys. So when we go out on live shows or cons, uh, you know, we get to use a lot of that. If you've, uh, if you're a member of the Front Row Network Facebook page, you've inevitably seen some of our interviews we did when we were given a booth at Fan Expo St. Louis. Um, and that was just using a lot of those fancy things. But Zoom for our uh, Chords. And we do also have a, a Zoom P8 track uh, soundboard that we use to record everyone's tracks separately like that, because, you know, sometimes people are softer, louder. Um, and then most of the time we use GarageBand uh, or uh, Premiere uh, to, you know, mix and master our audio. So that and uh, I don't know, we started the network. So, Craig, I don't know you. Uh, <laughs> what's it like being part of it? No, I just think it's really cool. I think like, I, you know, it kind of alludes to the last question that Kenny asked where like we just listed a billion and a half shows that we're a part of. It's really neat to see. I love podcasting as a medium. It's one of the things that I really advocate for. If you want to go start a podcast, go start a podcast, kind of shifting that Kevin Smith perspective from us and <laughs> passing it on to other people. And so it's really cool to be able to have this network of shows that I know the host and they're the shows that I want to listen to. I just, we just had one uh, posted with a local Springfield ad activist named Nick Dotson. He was on Convince Me with Larry Smith this morning. And I just listened to that. And it's like cool that to have these connection points and to be able to listen to those as well. It's just been a blast. Sorry, I just can't help but thinking about creating a Kevin Smith drinking game where anytime he just puts down mall rats or Jersey girl, you take a shot. Anytime that he says an expletive, take a shot. Anytime oh my he gosh. His wife, take a shot. Uh, uh, you'd be drunk very quickly. Yeah, very, very quickly. quickly. Or <laughs> talked about clerks. Uh, he's like, oh, I made this film named clerks, you know, and yeah. then that, yeah, you, you'd be, you'd be gone. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, boy, I've got opinions on Kevin Smith too. <laughs> Let's just do a podcast that combines Kevin Smith and Babylon five. Uh, there okay. we go. <laughs> I like the sounds of this. I can't think of a clever name uh, on that. So in lieu of that, I will just proceed on to the next question from the great Michael. What was the podcast that turned you on to podcasts and, or made you feel like you could do one yourself? Mine was the nerdist slash ID podcast i love the casual mood and all the behind the scenes stories from celebrities and comedians and what are some of your favorite podcasts wow okay um this is yeah i mean it's good because you know honestly and you know stuff aside like um obviously kevin smith's hollywood babylon was a big influence in terms of you know like making us love podcasting and stuff like that uh you know for me it was a couple of uh, pseudo kind of supernatural narrative podcasts that did it for me. One was uh, Astonishing Legends. I just love absolutely how they research all of these uh, unique individual stories. Uh, most of the time, their episodes are literally like 12 to 13 hours long, and they cut them up into like five parts. Um, but and you think that that would be like an intimidating listen, but honestly it's not they just do such meticulous research about these things and give you all the theories uh so that one and then the other one was a narrative horror podcast called the no sleep podcast um and that one you know it's literally a bunch of voiceover artists uh, one by the it was started by the legendary jim cummings and he um started this just to read like there was a reddit uh where people would you know write horror stories short horror stories long form stories and he would basically get permission from these people and then just hire actors and act them out as an audio drama and you know i just remember thinking to myself it's like man this stuff is free and i can download this and it's endlessly entertaining and i want to get into this world so for me it was those two the or those couple that, that got me there. Craig, what about you? I would say that, you know, I caught the cereal bug, much like most of the country <laughs> did. And so cereal was one of the first that I listened to. But then to agree with Michael, you know, I know Chris Hardwick has had an up and down career since then. But really what I liked about his style of podcasting was that he would just turn the microphones on as soon as the celebrity was coming into the room. And I liked that idea that you could kind of just have this informal conversation. And so I do still listen to some celebrity podcasts. Um, I think that, you know, unfortunately, like they, they take up a lot of the podcasting air out there. Um, but I do still listen to Armchair Expert uh, with Dax. And I enjoy that show quite a bit. Every now and then I listen to the Smartless show as well, just depending on the guest. But I really like to kind of listen to off the beaten path uh, podcasts as well. Um, certainly locally here we have another group called the geek awakens that does a lot of comic book reviews i really enjoy their show 
and that's a lot of fun. I listen to a ton of Disney content, as you may imagine. I listen to Diz Unplugged for my Disney news, and then I also listen to uh, shows like WW Radio and Imagineer podcast to kind of get some of that history and perspective of the parks and things like that. I'm I'm kind of an addict when it comes to that. And then uh, I'm just scrolling through my list here. Of course, the amazing Lasso cast as well. Oh yes, I, uh, <laughs> of to course. Them. And then you know. I'm such a, uh, I'm an Obama brat. I was, you know, born and raised in Illinois. I worked on his campaign in Iowa uh, back in 2008. So of course I'm a Pod Save America listener as well. Yeah, Pod um, Save America was going to be mine too, Craig, what I currently listen to. Um, if you're yeah, looking then, for good political discourse, it's pretty, it's got a bend to it because they did it for, for sure. Obama. But <laughs> at, honestly, they're very analytical in how they or uh, uh, break down politics. So I really like that. And in, form, in terms of the narrative form podcast, I love, you must remember this, uh, mm. which of course is done by Karina Longworth. She's amazing. Uh, she happens to also be married to Ryan Johnson. Uh, I don't like it when like you immediately go to, oh yeah, the wife of Ryan Johnson. Karina Longworth is so great at what she does. Uh, so I highly suggest going out there and listening to You Must Remember This. Yeah, and just because I'm a WWE stan, uh, I love wrestling podcasts. We actually have one for the Front Row Network that we sporadically do called Five Star Pod Splash. But um, I go, my go-to there is uh, Going and Raw, uh, the Going and Raw podcast, which is pretty amazing and a fantastic name. <laughs> That's a, a definite double entendre there. Yes, <laughs> in many many ways. If you watch WWE consistently, so. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, I have to say this before we move on to our. Next question from uh, the marvelous Tammy. Uh, are you guys, have you listened to Nerdist in the past? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, because there is one review, and I, I pray, I pray that you remember this review. Um, and feel free to cut this out if this is just outrageously dull. But the interview that they did with Tom Cruise, do you remember this episode? Oh, man. I don't. I don't off the top I of my head. I will never, ever forget this because Tom Cruise is a self-professed just movie addict. He uh -huh. loves movies. He watches a movie a day. Uh, and in the excellent journalist style, the, the Nerdist is so great at having, they try and pin down Tom Cruise being like, what, what are some of your favorite movies? And he's like, oh, I just, I love movies so much. Uh -huh. Just yeah. love them. And then they're like, right, right. But like, what are some of your favorite movies and he's just like you know i just watch so many movies all the time i just love them to the point where you're going i'm not sure if tom cruise has ever seen a movie does he, he just keeps repeating <laughs> yeah he never once gives specifics but maybe that's the that's why tom cruise is a star because he never actually says anything <laughs> uh unlike the marvelous tammy who has we've got a three questions here from the marvelous tammy Ooh, that's great question number one which Ted Lasso character do you relate to the most and why? Ooh. Question two, which character would you like to have a beer with and what would you want to talk about? Ooh, that's two questions in one, but okay. Yeah. And question number three, what other pop culture obsessions have you had? Oh my, Craig, you want to go first on this one or do you want me to dive in? All right, first of all, pop culture obsessions. I'm going to start with that one first and say that uh, my college education was going to be paid with Beanie Babies. So that was certainly something that we jumped onto. <laughs> my parents probably spent way too much money on them because everybody thought that they were the next big thing. Uh, and they turned out not to be. So that was certainly something I do get like, it's funny because I don't ever want to be the contrarian when it comes to different things. But I will tell you, I finally just finished one season of Stranger Things. I jumped into season three right away i had started every season of stranger things but for some reason fell off of it or just like i missed that moment in time when stranger things because netflix doing the whole like dropping all at the same time and i know they didn't do that for season four but when they do that it really shortens the lifespan of something right so like yeah. uh it, it is difficult i did jump on the game of thrones uh, bandwagon of course game of thrones officially ended after season six and uh we are really not anymore they, my man did such a good job that they they ended it so perfectly after season six but in terms of like the character that i think i most relate to and this is more of an observation of the people around me than uh, others and that is that because i feel like this is almost going to sound like a humble brag whatever the case may be but many people have said that 
I come off as very Ted-like in my life. I am uh, someone that is hope hopelessly optimistic. I try to see kindness and the best in people. Sometimes that doesn't happen all the time. I certainly have an anger streak. I definitely can kind of flip that switch, much like I see Ted doing, not necessarily with the panic attacks, but I do have some anger issues that I think uh, I've worked on over the last couple of years with therapy and, and things like that. So uh, a lot of that's why this show spoke to me so much. Who I'd want to have a beer with? I think the obvious answer to that is Rebecca Welton. I mean, like clearly you would want to talk to her and just I, as far as like what it is that I would want to talk about, I'd want to know more about her life and her life story and just like how she becomes this really powerful female executive. It's through a divorce. And so she's also getting the questions of like, was this just given to you? You didn't really earn this. And like, I would just love to talk to her about like what her challenges and what her life story is. That's why I love doing podcasting because part of that is you get to know people. We could have never met Kenny Madison <laughs> in any other venue, right? But now we text and we check in and like, it, it's so cool to be able to do that through this medium. And so I'd love to get to know Rebecca Welton uh, more and not like in a, oh, I'd love to go date Rebecca Welton, but just like as a person, I would Wouldn't love we to get all? to know her. But like, wouldn't you like to date? Sure. Sign me up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, you know, pop culture obsessions, everyone knows Marvel Cinematic Universe. I am a huge MCU fan. I analyze it way too much. Um, but that comes from my uh, love of comic books when I was younger. Um, and also, um, I would say, like I said, pro wrestling. I've always loved pro wrestling since I was really young. I think it is one of the best entertainment mediums there is. I find it endlessly entertaining. Um, and of course, uh, Broadway, musicals, musical theater um, is something that Craig and I are huge into. Um, character I want to have a beer with is definitely Beard. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. just look at the antics you're going to get into uh, from Beard After Hours. You're just going to have a, a ton of fun having a, a beer with Beard. Um, there you go. That's that's a t-shirt right there, a beer with Beard. Um, anyway, um, and relate to the most, it, it is kind of, you know, I don't want to copy, but yeah, it is kind of Ted because I've been told by a lot of people that like, you know, I always sometimes to the detriment of my own personal well-being, like put others as well-beings above mine. And I think that is definitely something Ted does um, in the series. And also I did suffer from panic attacks when I was younger. Um, so there is just a lot of stuff, I think, in that character that I can relate to. And, and like Craig, I am an eternal optimist, despite the world. <laughs> um, I try to put kindness out into it. Um, but, you know, I can I can really, I think, relate to Ted's mindset of trying to help others and how sometimes that can be a detriment to your own self-care as well, which we saw in season two. Uh, Craig, you're you're from Illinois, specifically the bump from Illinois. And, mm -hmm. and Jeremy, you moved all over, settled in Illinois. Have you always kind of been in the Midwest region? Yeah. Yeah, most. I mean, the furthest away I we ventured was uh, kind of the northern part of Texas um, for a little while, but um, mostly, yeah, all the Midwest states. Yeah, uh, and I want to talk about that because I also find myself identifying with Ted and the brilliant thing that Ted Lasso, putting seasons one and two together are the triumphs and the downfalls of that Midwestern niceness. Uh -huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm as I'm sure you've talked about on so many episodes of peanut butter and biscuits. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's one thing to just take season one on its own terms and see the success that Midwestern niceness can get, but it's really, it's really a double edged sword Yeah, because that niceness, Oh boy, it can really help folks. It can be such a soothing balm. And also it's got its limits. Gosh, darn it. I just love those two seasons put together. It's, yeah, it's, it's so challenging. I'll tell you one thing that's always been a challenge for me is like, you know, I, uh, I need to constantly work on the trying to please all these other people to the detriment of sometimes even my family or my spouse. Right. So yes. the, the largest fight that I get in um, constantly since like dating my wife in high school was that people would she we would be up for a date night and then uh you know suddenly other people are doing something or need me to go move something or whatever and i immediately drop whatever plans i had to go do that and so that's that 
that's the double-edged sword, like you were saying, of that Midwest niceness is like that we feel like, and I, I think it is a regional thing. You talk to most Midwesterners, they feel like they have to uh, try to make sure they're there or appease. And you see that a lot in Lasso for sure. And that's uh, part of the reason why Ted is not as open to the idea of therapy as maybe he should be, especially in the beginning of season two. So that's Which yeah, was totally right on. Such a shocking, it, it felt like an invention of conflicts at the beginning of season two. And then, huh, surprise, but you let the rest of the season unfold and you're like, oh no, this is coming from somewhere. It's a really specific viewpoint that I just never seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, gosh. It's so, do you, do you guys like Ted Lasso? Three, right? I like Ted Lasso. I, la- yeah, I, like, I like Ted Lasso. Just a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Here's yeah. the thing. I like Ted Lasso. Good show. We got to talk about season three while I'm here before <laughs> before the end. Uh, but but we'll move on. We'll move on uh, to the fabulous Laura. Uh, now, folks, you both mentioned your love for the West Wing. Ooh. I want to know your favorite West Wing characters slash themes slash episodes. Oh. And then and then I've got two more subsequent questions from Laura. But we'll just settle on this one question while we're talking while we're talking the wing okay so a if you haven't listened to the west wing weekly podcast you all should do that if you're west wing fans uh series star josh molina and uh rishi case i can't remember his last name but um anyway anyway, yeah and uh they go through all of this uh series very well uh god i mean i've i've been a josh lyman stan for forever i think bradley whitford is so amazingly talented he gets so many great arcs um, in that show. And I honestly think like, you know, Sam Seaborn, I think is one of my favorite characters as well, because he has just like, again, like kind of this eternal optimism that flies in the face of like everything that goes around on around his job. Um, he's always trying to be there. And he's also just kind of hapless. Um, sometimes he's just, he's very smart, but sometimes not, uh, you know, all there all the time favorite episodes um speaking of sam i always love the uh somebody's going to emergency somebody's going to jail uh episode mm. where he finds out about um spoilers i guess guys but finds out about his father's uh, infidelity to his mother and he has to kind of deal with that while also trying to uh get a pardon for somebody who was suspected of being a spy um for you know their the daughter of of uh, one of the kids of that spy. So it, it, it's a very, very good episode, very emotional. And it uses Don Henley's um, New York Minute song so well. Um, I like the, uh, I think it's called In This White House. It's in season two. It's the first appearance of uh, Ainsley Earhart um, on that show. Um, and I love it because A, it, the opening is fantastic because Sam just gets his butt kicked on this uh, political talk show by her, which is so comes out of nowhere. But I love how that episode ends because throughout the course of that episode they even though she's a republican and they're a democratic white house they're trying to hire her in the council's office because the president likes smart people that can disagree with him and she's just so flabbergasted by this the whole time she's trying to find ways to say no but they won't let her do it and then at the end of that episode um very traumatic thing happens with an African country where a visiting president, uh, there's a coup in his country and he's, his family has been kidnapped and, and, you know, there's just so much emotion around this. And it's kind of like, it shows you that like politics really sometimes just gets so caught up in things that don't matter. But when you get down to the things that matter, it's how people react to that. And that is ultimately what in that episode gets Ainsley to say, like, I want to join this white house because they are good people. I disagree with them, but they're good people and they're trying to do the right things. Um, And then of course, you know, the convention the uh, uh in season six uh and i love the debate episode in season seven craig i just love how yeah. they do this open forum debate and it really shows you what a true debate looks like i know it's scripted um you know and everything but it but was filmed live it, that it was shows the one you that was like how it, it shows you what a, an actual debate of ideas is mm-hmm. not just a debate of I'm better than this person or you did this bad. It literally is just like here's my ideas here's why I think they're the best and I really wish we could get back to that someday. Yeah, you know, I would say, first of all, I'm really glad you said Sam, because when I think of Sam Seaborn, I actually think of a lot about the characteristics that you have, Jeremy. So uh, uh, I'm glad that you said that he's one of your favorites. I I love this show because I was a kid wanting to study politics. I ended up going to college for politics and wanted to work on campaigns and elections, had the chance to work on several, some successful, others not. But it's just like being in the game was so important to me, and it still is. Uh, maybe to a lesser extent now that life priorities have have changed around a little bit, 
now podcasting is more <laughs> in, in the front, forefront. But you know, I, I I love this show and I rewatched it. I, I think probably I I think that would be on my ninth run. The last time I yeah, really I do it once it a year. From yeah, from beginning to end was at like two in the morning when my son was a baby and I, he wasn't sleeping, and so I was feeding him and stuff like that. Uh, taking the night shift and I would just watch episodes of the West Wing and so many episodes that I would want to mention. So I'm going to mention kind of four and then that way I keep myself to four episodes. The first one, by far the best episode of really maybe television, uh, I would argue, is Two Cathedrals. It's the end yeah. of season two. Oof. It's such an amazing arc. and such I wanted amazing, to leave that one for you. <laughs> yeah, it's such an amazing. And then like to know that Martin Sheen is such a devout Catholic and here he is like cussing out God in Latin. Oh, it's just like that scene amazing, in the cathedral is acting one on one, guys. <laughs> um, and then I would say, you know, much like Ted Lasso, I've been the advocate to say that I think that the episode you're going to end up watching more of Ted Lasso than any other episode is probably Carol the Bells, because every Christmas I go back to those West Wing episodes in Excelsis Deo and Noel and all well, of those yeah. that I watch. Uh, over and over again because John Wells and also Aaron Sorkin were so good at writing those Christmas type of stories. Um, the other one, definitely the one that Jeremy said, 2162 votes. Uh, that was after Aaron Sorkin had left the West Wing. I really still enjoyed it. Some people said it had a big falling off, but I really enjoyed that show because John Wells kind of took it in a different direction. You get to see Matt Santos and you get to see Leo uh, before John Spencer's untimely death in this kind of mentor role and that is like pure like gamesmanship at the democratic convention it's just wild and for me <laughs> having like studied politics and elections it was just such a fun episode to watch and then the last one i'll mention is actually one that is not technically part of the canon of the show and that is uh, an episode co called isaac and ishmael and this <laughs> is an episode so september 11th happens and uh, the West Wing is due to come back with their first episode of the, I think I it was, it was season the third three? season. Yeah. yeah. And so, of course, 9-11 happens. Like, what do we do in response to this? Well, what Aaron Sorkin decided to do was to write a new episode, Whole Cloth, get people in. It's almost done more like a stage play. And yeah. what's so impactful about that episode is that the episode was about not hating Islamic people. And so in the moment where uh, so much Islamophobia was uh, just running rampant and blaming was going on, Aaron Sorkin took this number one show on television and, and wrote a script, like basically the next day that said, no, we're not going to do this. Yeah. And it is so incredibly powerful to watch that having you know, all of us lived through 9-11. I don't know, like the people that are younger that are just now coming to the West Wing, I don't know if that would have the same impact for them. It'd be interesting to talk to somebody about that. But for me, that's also an episode that is like on my must watch list all of the time yeah. because it, it talks about the true nature of human compassion and where we need to have that the most. Uh, and actually Leo's the villain in that episode. Very and much so. It's so. really interesting, yeah. yeah so anyway- just Real quickly on for, yeah. for years. Uh, Real quickly so. on that episode too. I, I do love that because you're right. It's an educational forum too. It's an educational forum for people who do not know about Islam. Um, one of the best parts of that episode is where Toby uh, comes in and he's telling them, you know, like, you know, Islamic terrorism is to Islam what blank, blank is to KKK, and it's just like Christianity is to KKK. It's just like this isn't a religion. This is a perversion of a religion. And I think that was such a valuable lesson to be taught. And the way they do that with the kids that they're like trying to explain this to that are scared with this new world a brilliant episode and plus it, it comes like two cathedrals ends on such a cliffhanger and then it's just like nope wait one more episode guys this is important enough to to not pay that off yet and much like the stackhouse filibuster i've been talking about west wing quite a bit for way too long i will say uh <laughs> that the character i relate to them or that i love the most is charlie because in a way mm. we are all charlie kind of walking through the west wing feeling like we don't belong there. But then at the end, we become part of the, the family, uh, really, truly the family of the, the first family. So yeah, I, I love that show. Gosh, West Wing's so good. Yep. Uh, and you can hear uh, both Craig and Jeremy talk about that more on the network's other podcast, What <laughs> Kind of Pod Has It Been? Oh a West God. Wing rewatch podcast. I ah, secretly love, not secretly, I openly love that name, Kenny, and we are <laughs> stealing it. 
Mm. Wonderful. Uh, I don't know why you're stealing it. It already exists on the network and uh, just <laughs> really, really excited for you guys to be able to nerd out on West Wing. Uh, personally, I'm more of a Studio 60 guy, uh, oh, but that might just be show. me. Oh. Uh, some more questions from Laura, the, the marvelous Laura. Uh, if there was going to be another beard after hours type of episode, which character would you like to see featured? And lastly, I want to hear some conjecture about backstories for characters who we don't know as much about, such oh, as man. May, Dr. Mm. Sharon, Colin, Isaac, Beard, etc. Mm. I think this is really interesting. I'd love to see an Isaac McAdoo uh, themed episode because not only do I love Cola Bikini, but also I feel like he's such an interesting character to, I want to know, honestly, I want to know how Roy retires and then decides that Isaac is going to be Kathleen. Mm. Like, to me, like there's there's some history there that we don't know. So I almost want like a prequel episode. And I know that part of the lure of Ted Lasso is that they haven't done flashbacks and they really haven't done that kind of like sort of tropiness of, of giving you a bunch of flashbacks and backstory. So I want to know more about Isaac and I want to see his beard after the hours episode. Um, and then I think May has a hell of a history that it would be great to uh, explore and kind of how she came to be sort of, is, is she the owner of, I think the so. Crown Anchor. The Crown Anchor, um, yeah. I don't know if like if that's ever really stated or if she's like the barkeep or or whatever. But the vibe know. I'm giving is I'm given in that is that she is the owner of the Crown and Anchor. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I would love to hear her backstory, especially because she knows so much about the team. You know, it, I think it's significant that she was the one telling the history of uh, you know Nelson Road Stadium and such um, in that episode uh, in the Two Aces episode. So um, also. Um, yeah, I would love to see like a couple of a couple of players. Like, I'd like to see like Ricard and uh, and uh, Isaac and uh, maybe like Jan Moss. Like, uh, I, I kept asking people any of the cast that we interviewed like about like a, an episode where like the team gets stuck in a mall for 24 hours or something. And that's that's the beard after hours type thing I want to see. I want to see some of these players we don't get to spend enough time with, um, and I want to see them like trapped in a mall or something like that. And they have to just have fun all night. That that's what I'm rooting for. Uh, personally, I'm really liking the idea of doing a beard after hours type episode about May, but send it. Oh, that would be send good. It, set, set it in like the late 60s, early 70s. Uh, <laughs> and then just put Annette Badland in a wig uh, and just have her just be able to give a performance mm. uh, of being, I don't know, a woman that owns the crown and anchor uh in england in the 70s uh getting to watch football learning about football being part of that culture and just have a meal with that i think that would be a delicious episode that would be fun i i am fully on board with that uh and also call it what kind of a may it has it been (laughs) (laughs) i love that uh the marvelous brad has this question gentlemen what other hobbies do you have outside of podcasting oh hobbies outside of podcasting um well uh, craig obviously both of us we do theater um you know in in whatever spare time we can find um you know like i inadvertently got pulled into a show uh this summer so sometimes that happens against our will um but our families and, and our friends all love to do that too um more personally i love uh lego building i, I really love building lego sets um and uh, that's something that i like to do to relax i recently did like a 5001 of bush stadium in st louis um obviously i'm big into sports um I mean, you know, like a theater, Lego building, podcasting, uh, you know, we, we, we try to keep busy as much as possible. I am still a politics nerd for sure, but I would definitely say that theater is the other big hobby that we do. Um, and then also I really just enjoy just hanging out with my son and, and kind of like showing him those experiences that, that he would have for the first time. It's just incredible. And then of course, I have a really, you know, like there's been a lot of articles. NPR did an article recently about Disney adults, and I am absolutely <laughs> a Disney adult. Uh, so I, I think you're a mega adult. <laughs> pretty obsessed with Disney uh, outside of podcasting as well. I like to write negative reviews on other Ted Lasso podcasts. Nice. That's one of my big hobbies. <laughs> that was you? You too? Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
uh, 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 get politics out of my uh, podcast discussion and please stop it. Jeremy Winkyface has this question. What is your favorite shape? Oh, this so, sounds like it could have come from a familiar source, Craig. I, I put the, <laughs> you know, when I was giving you the list of things, I thought I'd had to throw this one in because a long time ago, Jeremy Geckner had told me that when people are getting to a point where like the conversation is rolling, he will actually just say, what's your favorite shape? Because it's such a odd question. So I thought that I wanted to know what's Jeremy Geckner's favorite shape, which is why I put the winky face next to Jeremy. My, uh, oh, so this is not from Jeremy. You guys sabotaged me. Make me look yeah, like Yeah, Craig cool. sabotaged you here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so the question should be Craig says, yes. what is your favorite shape <laughs> to Jeremy? Yes. I, my standard answer is always a rhombus just because, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, 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 it's crazy. It's fun. It can be a lot of things and, um, it's got the best name I feel. So, uh, I don't know, Kenny, Craig, what are your favorite shapes? I mean, we're Ted Lasso fans. It's gotta be a dodecahedron now, right? That dodecahedron's not bad. <laughs> Look, I, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a traditionalist and say a triangle. You can't, yeah. you can't go wrong with a tri- triangle. Yes, you got the pyramid of success. Yes, you, you can can't go work. wrong with a triangle. Now that I'm actually critically thinking about it, one of my least favorite things that are happening in my my beloved Star Trek's design, there's too many triangles in these <laughs> spaceships. I need less triangles, actually. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to be even more of a traditionalist. Good circle. Just a good circle. Uh, okay. Bonus points if it's a sphere, too. Sphere is not bad, man. Also a pretty underrated Michael Crichton novel. I'm just saying. I like it. I like it. Kenny, if I can make a suggestion, perhaps we can make sure we get some more questions in and kind of go rapid fire here. I'll I'll kind of hold my my myself and my co-host to a rapid fire nature of some uh final questions that we have here. Cause I do want to get your take on some of the things going on in the season three before we leave. Outstanding. Rapid fire. Uh, and if you could guys put a lightning bolt sound effect right here, just to indicate that we're in lightning round, that'd be great. Oh, yeah. Here we go from Sandy to Jeremy. We've heard a lot about Craig's running. How do you clear your head? Oh, how do I clear my head? Um, honestly, uh, I just listen to music. Um, I'm a pretty good, avid li- um, listener to music and uh, either Broadway soundtracks, but I also love instrumental music. Um, I love uh, movie soundtracks um, and stuff like that. And uh, if you wanted to pin an artist on me, uh, Mumford and Sons is probably my favorite band right now. Uh, we got to talk about that Steven Spielberg directed Marcus Mumford video, but we don't have time. We don't have time. Uh, what other from the marvelous Rachel, what other TV show that is out now or coming out soon? Could you see yourself doing an after show style podcast? Uh, yes. Craig, what about you? I'm such a marvelous Miss Maisel fan and I know they're going into their last season, but I could totally go back and rewatch all of those and really enjoy the heck out of that. Uh, I also, I've said, like, there's a show right now on Apple TV Plus called Trying. If you're not watching it and you're a Ted Lasso fan, you are failing at life. It is so great. So go out there and check out Trying. I also could totally do something with that, too. Yeah, and honest, uh, I already mentioned it, but uh, we're obviously going to be doing after shows for The Rings of Power on Amazon, The Lord of the Rings show. That's called The Ring of Power Hour. Um, And also, we're going to be doing The House of the Dragon uh, after show for each of those episodes that's coming out on HBO. Um, And of course, if you're into the Marvel shows on Disney+, Plus, MCUHQ, we do those every single week, uh, breaking down all the new episodes. So that's uh, what we're doing on the network soon. (laughs) Is there anything that you would cover, though, in addition to that? Oh, that I would cover in addition to that coming out, because <laughs> those are usually the only ones I watch there. Or, or um, ones that are streaming now. Yeah, um, Sarah and I are getting really into ghosts. I know that you are oh, a big fan of that show, show, Craig. Um, it's it's pretty damn funny. Um, yeah. And so, but also Sarah is currently rewatching, uh, or she's watching for the first time. I'm rewatching uh, the X Files, and I'm really liking, uh, you know, remembering that show and how kind of groundbreaking it was for a lot of shows nowadays. I can't believe you guys, neither one of you have mentioned Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which is probably it's one of the so best good. shows on. It's we have, so We have a Star Trek show that's been dormant for a while, but uh, it came out when Discovery uh, came out. So um, maybe we need to get that going again, because I'm hearing Strange New Worlds is amazing. Uh, I was not looking forward to it at all. And I think it is probably one of the best Star Trek shows 
period. Yeah, uh, it's but, but my favorite since we, we don't have time to talk okay, about. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, for the marvelous Tim, you seem to do a lot of interviews. Who has been your favorite? <laughs> I don't know. Are we opening this up to all the network, Craig, or just PB and B? No, I think I think it could be all the network. Uh, and it's a horrific question to answer. So I'm yeah. going to go first in my quickest way possible. Um, I'm going to mention several because I have to. Uh, Floyd Norman was a big deal for me because he is a Disney legend. He's an animator, the first black animator hired by Walt in the studio. Uh, has worked on so many amazing pieces from Sword in the Stone and uh, Sleeping Beauty all the way till today. He's 87 years old and still still working today, which is just absolutely incredible. Uh, that was amazing because it was one of the first big gifts that we had gotten. Likewise, Jody Benson, uh, the voice of Ariel. I absolutely loved getting to chat with her because uh, she's Ariel, right? And she's actually from Illinois. She's from Rockford. She went to school in Decatur right next door to us, which is really cool too. Um, I'll let Jeremy talk about Alan Mankin because I know that was a big deal for him. Uh, in terms of PB&B episodes and interviews, holy moly, we'd love to have more of them and they're all amazing. But when I got the email from Nick Mohammed that uh, to, that he had asked, he had told Tahib that we requested him and Tahib had given us the go ahead, like that he mentioned, oh yeah, it was a fun time. That meant the world to me. And that was a very recent interview and just a really fun time to have. And then uh, my, my Mount Rushmore interview occurred just a couple of months ago, right before Fan Expo St. Louis, I was given the chance to talk to Kevin Smith and it was, uh, it was everything I would hope that it would be. It was fun. We talked about fandom and we talked about his, a bit about his career. I had a 30 minute time limit, but man, I, I used that 30 minutes as much as I could. And it really took a lot of my interview skills in general to make that happen. So uh, that was also a, a big, big deal for me. So I mentioned like four or five there, Jeremy. So feel free. Uh, but that uh, was, those are the folks that I remember the most. Craig did mention Alan Menken. Um, I only got to be on a little bit of that one because my kid got sick in the middle of it um, and I had to go pick him up. But Oh, um, no. I know. Um, but I, I like wrote, because um, I was a music composition major in college and I wrote uh, one of my senior theses on the music of Alan Menken. And I think he is one of the most prolific and talented composers the world has ever seen. Um, and so just to even get to ask him any questions was a dream come true. Um, I recently did an interview with a screenwriter named Liz Hanna um, that um, she wrote uh, The Post, the Steven Spielberg film, and she recently wrote uh, the series uh, The Girl from Plainview. Uh, or a girl from Plainville um, about uh, the Michelle Carter case um, uh, out in New England. And she was just so insightful and just so really, really good with her answers. And I just had such a wonderful conversation. Um, I got to speak with uh, uh, DJ McHale, who created Are You Afraid of the, uh, Are you Afraid of the Dark um, before the Are You Afraid of the Podcast. Um, that was a lot of fun just to get to pick his brain. Um, but then even off camera, uh, Craig and I recently just got to do a panel moderation at St. Louis Fan Expo, and I got to uh, interview Kristen Crook, Michael Rosenbaum, and Tom Welling uh, for Smallville for 45 minutes. And that was pretty intense because Smallville was such a formative show for me uh, growing up. Um, and yeah, that was absolutely insanity um, to do that. And also I got to do Billy West um, at St. Louis and that guy is just so fantastically fun um, and so much fun to talk to. So yeah, we get to do a lot of interviews and it's kind of nuts. <laughs> uh, hopefully you can get Alan Menken back on for your Gallivant rewatch podcast. Jeremy. There we I'm go. super yes. excited, but we I don't have time to talk about Gallivant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this, our final question, I think this can segue us into some season three conjecture. Do you really think Ted Lasso is over from the marvelous Kristen? Oof. I, it seems to be trending that way. Craig, Craig has an interesting theory about this because they've been filming since February and it seems like they're still filming. Um, so Craig actually has an interesting theory that I'll let him discuss here. According to Hannah, they still have three episodes to film. She was discussing it, of course, at like FYC events last uh, last week, actually. Really interesting quotes that came out of that too, um, but I'll get to that in a second. What I will say is that my theory is that they have actually filmed uh, basically what would amount to season three and four already, and they that will be the end of it, but they wanted to make sure that they got the story that they wanted out of this. So whatever announcement we would get is that we would have season three, maybe half of it, maybe 10 episodes even, and then we would have another 10 episodes after that. I, I think that they've filmed 
somewhere in the area of 15 to 20 episodes. That's my conspiracy theory on Ted Lasso season three dash 3.5 or four. So you think it is ending with three, but that three is longer than we think it is. Yeah. And I mean, like, it's really interesting, though, for so many of the cast to basically put this on Jason. Yeah, that Hannah, is weird. Hannah's quote last week was like, it was wild. I mean, I don't know if uh, people had followed along with that. She essentially said, and I'm paraphrasing here, um, that she has told Jason that she's not ready to put this away and that he would be killing something like if uh, he mm-hmm. didn't ex- he didn't continue this beyond what it is now. I mean, that's like, that's intense, right? <laughs> you know, that's because like a we're private conversation like... that you could have. But to say that publicly at a press event, they, they these people yeah. like this sandbox and they want to save the play. It's because we're all used to like the Marvel mode of like publicity where it's just like, I can't say anything. And then to hear like somebody literally just come out there and say like, no, I want this to keep going, especially one of the stars. I don't know, but everybody has said it really does just come down to Jason. Um, you know, he says he has this view of the show and it it ultimately is his baby. So, I mean, whatever he wants to do with it, that's it. But Kenny, do you think we're done? I certainly hope so. And not because I just hate Ted Lasso, but I think we just yes. undervalue endings and things yeah. being finished and just letting an art piece of art just stand on its own. I'm thinking about the incredible Watchmen TV series that is yes. just mm-hmm. it, it is just there we have a great piece of art to talk about our world and unfortunately the way that our society functions at this moment in time is that we are still not talking we're, we're no longer talking about how great that TV show is just because yeah. it's one and Co- co-sign with Kenny there real quick that show is perfect that is that is in a like a, a prime example of a perfect television show and that's yeah, really and it, interesting because Kenny, you just started a rewatch podcast called Men Watching. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's just us. We watch a minute of the TV show at a time. We're going to be going on for years. You could probably uh, pull that off, actually. <laughs> it's all about it's all about Easter eggs, man. It's all yeah. about the Easter yeah. eggs. All the yeah. Easter eggs. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, I certainly hope that Ted Lasso is done. I'm excited about them ending it on its own terms. And you want a TV show to be, to kind of leave you wanting more. Yeah. I think, and I mean, the way that TV just functions now, that who's to say that Sudeikis and crew won't be like, I think we've got something to say like 10 or 15 years later and being able to just revisit it in, in some way. Yeah. Uh, it's great when things end. Uh, yeah. Remember when Avengers Endgame happened? We were like, mm, "That's satisfying," and then it just kept going. <laughs> yeah. No, I uh, I'll say that I I compare this a little bit to Downton Abbey in that these are well-known British actors for the most part that really weren't necessarily exposed to American audience, and then as that happened to Downton what happened was a lot of these actors took better gigs and they they left the show and it was kind of in some ways like they had to kill characters off and they had to do xyz to kind of make sure that this happened um and i wouldn't want it to go down that path where they have to start just eliminating all of these different characters uh for sure but we know that brett goldstein has a future gig coming up and he we signed up he for a while signed, <laughs> he also signed uh to write a, a new show with bill lawrence for mm-hmm. apple so i mean it's definitely moving forward for sure so season three uh what 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 conjecture has been with you gentlemen about what we think uh could be happening on season three so far so we don't cover any other repeated territory so, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm of a, a couple minds with some plot points here. I think that the Nate arc has to get dealt with kind of by midseason, I think, because if we're going with the standard sports trope here, they you would think that the Greyhounds would be in line to win uh, to win the Premier League. Now, you know, that's the standard sports movie thing. But, you know, a lot of people would say like, oh, they would defeat West Ham because that's where, you know, Nate is now. I don't think so. I think the arc of the show really seems to think that they need to beat Man City to do that, not just for like the real life implications of how good Man City is, but also just because that's the team that they have not been able to beat yet. 
Um, you know, the, of course, Jamie eliminates them from the Premier League at the end of season one. Then they get absolutely owned at Wembley Stadium by Man City in uh, season two. And that does kind of spur the catalyst for Nate's turning on Ted. Um, so, you know, I think that that seems to be the arc there. So I think Nate in West Ham has to be dealt with sort of earlier in the season. Um, and I also, I'm really curious to see if Keely and Roy are going to be together at the end of this. I think they will, but I don't know if they'll necessarily start that way at the start of season three. Um, and I'm also very curious to see how much time has passed between the end of season three. And, uh, and of course, just because of the way these episodes are structured, guys, Whose face are we opening up on in season three? Because that's always the face we end with um, as it's been for season one and season two. Absolutely. I think that that's going to be a huge like uh, moment for all of us now that we know that. But, you know, Kenny, you were talking about uh, you wanted to, to have a little bit of season three conjecture right before we go. So I thought we could we could open this up to you. And then we also did talk to you and Cy, uh, the during the bracket show, I think that we need to have this kind of like uh, Avengers style uh, podcast creators uh, before season three to do some predictions. So what is it that you want to leave our audience with here? And then uh, we can kind of start to wrap things up. I am really excited to, <laughs> this isn't conjecture so much as just, I want to see this happen. Ted has started the healing process and, as we three Midwestern nice gentlemen know, the healing process can be very, very complicated mm. as opposed to, I guess, there there wasn't really a cathartic moment of healing for Ted at the end of season two. He's begun the journey. I think we're going to see a maelstrom of emotions that are coming from Ted, uh, potentially coming out in, in volatile ways. And that is very exciting and love their statements of how we move forward as human beings. Um, that that is what I am most excited for. Uh, I'm also I'm also 5% concerned that they might have a fat Roy subplot. I <laughs> I I don't know. I can well, see I, it. I I can see it. <laughs> I can see it and I really don't want that to happen and I think that they're smart enough that that won't happen. But considering that season 3 will more than likely be tackling Roy and his codependency issues, I'm kind of terrified that they'll schlub him up. I don't want to see that. scenario, yeah. Yeah, all over again. <laughs> yeah. Uh that that's what I'm thinking. That I'm putting that out there into the ether. Yeah. And to our good friend, editor AJ Catiline, I want to see Guiding Light by Monford and Sons kill, uh, end off the season. That's what I want. I already tweeted it at him, but that song, I want to end the entire series. Yeah, that would be, that would be great. And if that happens, then you'll, you'll know. Totally claiming credit. You, yes. Right? <laughs> no, that's so great. And Kenny, thanks for jumping on with us here and chatting uh, some of these questions that we have. I did mention that we might go ahead and take a bit of a hiatus unless we have some interviews that come up. We do want to continue to bring those to you, but we can always talk Lasso in our social media channels. You can continue to follow us at PBBFRN, and then also you can make sure that you check us out on Peanut Butter and Biscuits, our Facebook group, and that's cool because then we can really interact you know, uh, with people, so that's a lot of fun. But Kenny, talk to us about where to go out and find LassoCast and what your plans are for se covering season three. You can find LassoCast on, I, I guess, our most active social media channel would be Twitter. And even that, and we're still kind of, we're kind of taking a hiatus from social media at the moment because social media, it's hard, guys. Good Lord. Yeah, it's rough out there. Uh, and then available, you can listen to our podcast available wherever you listen to Peanut Butter and Biscuits. Just type in LassoCast more than likely. You can find us in a, if you like Peanut Butter and Biscuits, yeah. you might also <laughs> like, the and just go to that related tab uh, because we have just a hair of crossover interests. Um, you can personally find me on Twitter at the Kenny Madison, but my most active uh, social media channel is my Letterboxd account where I just log movies because i uh i i like watching movies much uh, like tom I, cruise you love movies i just gosh i love movies i love watching them and i love making them uh, <laughs> yes did i answer all of your questions craig i think oh, you yeah. did i think you did thank you so much for coming along on this ride 
It was a lot of fun today. Thank you to the listeners that submitted questions. If we didn't answer your question, just ask us in our groups and we are more than happy to chat with you about that there. And thank you for continuing to rate and review Peanut Butter and Biscuits and just to continue to stay active before season three. We know that you're the hardcore listeners out there, the hardcore fans, and we really do appreciate everything that you do for us. So for Peanut Butter and Biscuits, I am Craig McFarland. I'm Jeremy Geckner. And I'm Kenny Madison. And as always, be a goldfish. Be a goldfish. Be a goldfish. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Front Row Network, a proud Community Voices member of National Public Radio Illinois. For more from the Front Row Network, including our articles or our other dozens of shows, visit thefrontrownetwork.com or nprillinois.org slash programs slash network. You can also find us on social media by searching for the Front Row Network on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, and on Twitter at Front Row Reviews with a Z.